all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome into our first regular season episode here at the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I am your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata. And then also, you can follow the Who Dat Discussion on Twitter at the Who Dat Dis. And week one is finally here. This extremely long offseason has came to an end, and football will be playing on Sunday. We got Breeze, we got Brady, we got Sean Payton, we got Bruce Arians. It should be an amazing game, and I'm going to break it down for you guys, basically group by group as we always do. So if you guys are new to the podcast this year and haven't seen any of our preview episodes from last year or the year before, basically what we do, we start off with our notes of the game. Basically, it's just like just little pieces, stats, stuff like that. We talk about the injury report. Then we move on to our three top storylines for the game. So we're going to get into that. Definitely. And these storylines are great in this game. So many to choose from as it should be a great game. And then we finish off the episode with our group by group preview. So we start off with our quarterbacks then we go to skill position, O-line, D-line, linebacker, secondary. And then we finish off with special teams coaching. And then we finish off the episode, the grand finale of our score prediction for week one. So that is the agenda for today's podcast and I think we're just going to go right into it here Saints Bucks week one here let's start off with our notes so starting off as we always do with what Vegas is saying and they think that the Saints will win this game as they are favored by three and a half points and I think that's fair we don't really know what we're getting out of the Bucks yet so that is a good sign for the Saints ESPN's football power index predicts that the Saints have a 59.1% chance to win. So that's also very good, as it seems like the analytics in the ESPN Football Power Index also is tilting this game towards the Saints, which is very, very good there. And then going on to some history with the Saints in the first game, it hasn't been very good. We all know that. In the Drew Brees-Sean Payton era, the Saints are 6-8, and eight in first games of the season, which isn't very good considering how much success they've had otherwise. And I think this year especially, it's imperative that the Saints get off to a good start considering they have a very hard kind of last six games of the schedule. So again, that's something that's going to be very interesting to look at and see how the Saints come out of the gate here. I think this year is different than all the other years though. And I think this stat means less because it's such a different offseason. There has been no preseason. It's been a truncated training camp here. You have a truncated offseason as well. So right now, I really like the Saints' chances here as it is not a kind of usual first game of the season. So that is definitely something to look at, but I wouldn't put a ton of stock into it. So that's definitely interesting there. This is the first game for Tom Brady as a member of the Buccaneers, which is... For him, something that is going to be very kind of important to look out for here because, look, he hasn't played for a new team ever. So we have to see how he comes out of the gate here, especially in a weird offseason. He's basically going to have to get chemistry with all new receivers, whole new offense. And Brady isn't that good in week one to start. I don't know. This seems just like a really bad matchup for him. And 
Again, we'll see what happens here, but it's definitely something to note as this is his first game with the Bucks. The Saints did sweep the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last season. They scored more than 30 points twice as in their first game with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm, the Saints won 34 to 17, and then with Breeze at the helm in Tampa Bay, the Saints won 31 to 24. So both games are pretty handily won by the Saints, and obviously the Bucks are a completely different team then, but their defense has a lot of the same starters, and the Saints scored more than 30 points both times, so that's definitely good news for the Saints, and I do think that the Saints really match up well against this Bucks defense, so that's obviously really good there. Everyone knows when the Saints-Bucks played in Week 1 back in 2018, when Ryan Fitzpatrick came into the Superdome and destroyed the Saints. It was really Fitz magic at its finest. The Bucks did win that game 48-40. The Saints offense was clicking on all cylinders, but Fitzpatrick was just that much better. Big play after big play after big play. You saw Kenny Crawley just have a god-awful game in that one. So it was obviously a game for the history books. That's why we're bringing it up here, because that was actually the last week one that the Saints and Bucks played. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens there. Is it going to be that high scoring? Is it going to be completely different? Obviously, these two teams are just 100% different, and they've been through a lot. I mean, you're just looking at these two teams since that first game. The Saints were a step away from the Super Bowl with the Nola no-call game. The Bucks have went through now a QB change, a coaching change. Again, it's a lot of things have changed since that game, but I definitely wanted to bring it up there. Drew Brees entering his 15th season as the starting quarterback for the Saints, which is just crazy to me. Obviously, the 41 years old, as we all know, 20th season overall for him, which just, look, hats off to him. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. We all know that, and that's something that just boggles my mind, so I want to definitely bring it up in the notes. And let's, if this is last year, let's definitely put him out on top in this last dance for him. And uh, this is where it all starts, so that's obviously huge there. This is actually the first time in NFL history that quarterbacks of 40 years of age or more are facing off with Brady and Breeze, which again, it just shows that father time has just not beaten these two quarterbacks. I'll later tell you which one I think will get beat soon. And spoiler alert, it's not true Breeze. So definitely this is a game for the record books, game for the history books, and just so many different aspects. And to me, that is just really, really interesting. Moving over into the injury report here, as this is where things get a little, little dicey for the Saints, as Marcus Davenport did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. Cesar Ruiz did not practice Wednesday and Thursday. And then PJ Williams was full practice go on Wednesday, but then was limited on Thursday with a hamstring injury. With Ruiz, it's an ankle injury. And with Davenport, it is a elbow injury. So again, this is very dicey for at least Davenport and Ruiz. I think Williams will end up playing in this game, but it's really the first two guys that we have to talk about here as maybe this is the Saints wanted to go out and sign Clowney because they knew Davenport was a little banged up and may miss a few weeks. So they wanted to have Clowney in there, but that obviously did not happen. So it seems like Davenport is not going to play in this game. And that's something that hurts because he was supposed to come on the scene, especially after this whole Clowney saga. It would have been great to see him come onto the scene, just have a huge day to be like, I'm better than Clowney. And he's obviously not going to get that chance here. So that's something that, look, is disheartening. And especially with all the injury troubles he has had, you're just bummed about. 
But the Saints do have some depth on the defensive end position right now. It's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out. It seems like Trey Hendrickson would then get the start. But the Saints obviously have a ton of confidence in a guy like Carl Granderson, who really they cut, the Saints cut two veteran players with Marcus Hunt and then also Mario Edwards to keep a guy like Carl Granderson and then another guy like Malcolm Roach. That's something that I think the Saints are now banking on. You're hoping that they were correct with these young guys as maybe they'll go out and star. Right now, both those guys you cannot trust. You could trust Trey Hendrickson a little bit more. But again, without Davenport, there are, there are questions here. So definitely wanted to point that out. And it doesn't seem like he's going to play this week one. Cesar Ruiz, even though it doesn't look like he's going to play this game, I think it's fine that if Nick Easton gets a start, especially with this first game, I think that Easton is very, very serviceable. I think he's a starter-level player in this league. So I don't think that drop-off will be as high as the Davenport to like a Hendrickson drop-off. And it's something that with Ruiz, I would like him to come back slow and make sure he's 100%. Rather than maybe Davenport, you may want to rush back a little more because there's less depth. But then with Davenport, you'd rather have him come back 100% healthy so he's just ready to go to kind of hit the ground running here. So again, it is going to be interesting to see how all that plays out. But it seems like both of these guys will not go week one, which, again, for the Saints is a tough pill to swallow. But I think that they could definitely overcome it here. And especially with the injuries on the Bucks side, which I'm going to tell you in just a few seconds, it's not like the biggest deal ever. And I think the Saints could definitely get through that. So moving over to the Bucks, there is really one player that I want to highlight here, and that's Mike Evans. So he has a hamstring injury where he hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday. So he probably won't play for the Bucks either, which is something that, to me, is really, really big. Because now Brady is not going to have his top weapon, his veteran receiver here. So that's something to definitely look at, especially in this Week 1 game, where it seems like just having those veteran players is going to be a huge advantage. doesn't seem like the Bucks are going to have their probably biggest veteran player here, with Mike Evans. So again, the Saints, are they catching a break a little? I'd say yes. And it's going to be interesting if Evans doesn't play, where will Lattimore line up? Will he line up against Godwin? Will he line up against another receiver? Because it's very, very interesting to see how that all plays out because usually Lattimore goes one-on-one against Evans and he's had a lot of success, excuse me, there against Evans. So to me coming up, if he doesn't play, then do you put Godwin against Lattimore? Do you leave Godwin against Jenkins? It's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out there. And then one more injury with the Bucks was Jason Pierre-Paul, which is actually a non-injured, he was on the injury list as a non-injured player here, and he did not practice Thursday. I think that's probably just an off day or like a personal day for him. I would expect Pierre-Paul to play against the Saints on Sunday. And then Andrew Adams, Parnell Motley, and then Ryan Smith all went from limited practice on Wednesday to full practice on Thursday. So they should be a full go for the Bucks on Sunday as well. So that wraps up our notes segment. Now moving on to our three storylines heading into this game. So the first one, the biggest one, is Breeze versus Brady. And this matchup has definitely been one that we've been all been waiting for since Brady signed with the Bucks back in March. And overall, Breeze actually is winning the head-to-head matchup 3-2. to two. He was 2-0 with the Chargers when they played earlier in their careers. And with the Saints, Breeze is 1-2 against Brady. That one win was in 2009 where the Patriots came into the Dome and actually got just demolished by the Saints. And it was just such a great game. Breeze played outstanding. Five touchdowns. We all know that. 
So that was definitely a great game for Breeze. But then the next two times that they have played, you saw in 2013, the Saints lose on a last-second touchdown that may have been could have been called a holding, excuse me, that wasn't called a holding. So that was definitely a questionable game, could have went either way. And then 2017, the Patriots did give it to the Saints in that Week 2 matchup. But again, Drew Brees does lead that matchup against Brady. And honestly, these two quarterbacks, really their whole careers, they have been talked about. Brady is always talked about as the better QB, the superior QB, really because of the, the Super Bowls, excuse me. And that's something that you definitely got to give it to Brady because the amount of Super Bowls he won is just, I mean, it's mind-boggling. I mean, look, Brees only has one. Brady has obviously six. So that's a lot more. But Breeze has all of the records, really, in his corner. So you definitely could compare them. And just the greatness that these two guys have shown over the last 20 years is just amazing. As really kind of the top, like, these guys are have been in the top three quarterbacks for a very, very long time. Or at least they were for a period of time. And now I think that Brady kind of dropped off. But just to see these guys, these all-time great quarterbacks, these first ballot Hall of Famers face off here twice a year is just amazing as rivals. You know, you just got to just look at and be like, I'm watching history here. So that's something that, to me, is going to be a huge matchup. And really getting into this game specifically, I'll take Breeze as the better QB, and we're going to get into it when we talk about the group-by-group preview and we talk about the QBs. But I'll take Breeze here. I do think that Breeze has really went against father time, has been like fine wine. Brady, I think, has hit that point in his career where he's falling. And maybe that was just because things became stale in New England. But to me, I think that Brady kind of just has hit a wall. And it seems like it it is done for him. Or it's at least done for his elite status. Maybe he can be an average QB. And if he has all the right pieces around him and a great defense, I think you could win in a Super Bowl. But I think the way he played last year, with just a dramatic drop-off in so many different areas, I just find it hard for him here to come back up with a new team in a shortened offseason and have a big year. That's just my opinion on it. I mean, last year, he barely threw for 4,000 yards. He threw for 24 touchdowns, which Breeze actually threw more touchdowns in 11 games than Brady threw in 16 games. So that's something that it really mind-boggling to me just to show how much Breeze was better than Brady last season. His yards per attempt was way down, a yard less than 2018 there, for Brady. So he definitely just did not have a good season. His completion percentage was 60.8. Breeze was 74.3. The QBR was 50, uh, 54.5, excuse me there. That's the lowest in his career. I mean, again, it just was not a good season for him. And yes, maybe that can come up and maybe he can play better in the future here. But again, with a new team, new system, everything's new. Yes, he does have better weapons, but everything else to me is going up against him. I just don't see him having this huge, uh, huge year. Excuse me. I think Breeze, with basically the same team, the same coaching staff, I think that he worked on his arm, so at least should it, it should stay the same and it shouldn't get worse. I think it actually has a chance of getting better. This year, this game, I'm taking Breeze. So that really is my first headline. And look, we're all going to watch out for it. And it's something to definitely see, like which quarterback, at, if Breeze was 41, at 41 years of age, Brady at 42 years of age, which one is showing out, which one's showing their age a little bit, which one is showing that they could beat Father Time. I think that's going to be just extremely intriguing to watch out for in this game. Second headline here and second kind of storyline to watch out for is the secondaries versus these skill position groups. I mean, these skill position groups are, I think, one of the best in football on both sides. I mean, with the Saints, we know Michael Thomas, Alan Kamara, 
Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, Latavius Murray, Traquan Smith, the, the list goes on. And for the Bucks, also really good. If Mike Evans doesn't play this game, they still have Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones, LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brape. They obviously have a good group as well. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Saints secondary plays the Bucks and the Bucks secondary plays the Saints. Because right now, I think if Evans doesn't play, I think that the Saints could defend the Bucks pretty well. And they could kind of put clamps on that wide receiving court. Because really, at that point, you obviously would have to defend Gronk. And I think that would obviously be on a guy like C.D. Deuce or Malcolm Jenkins or P.J. Williams. And I think the Saints have been good or relatively good with tight ends over the last few seasons. So I'm not as scared as Gronk as I would have been with, like, Godwin. Godwin was the guy I was 100% scared of, especially with Evans in the lineup, because it would have been one-on-one, Evans and Lattimore, and then really after that, it would have been Jenkins and probably helped with Godwin, so much speed with Godwin. I would have been a little scared of that matchup, not going to lie. But if Evans not in the lineup, you can really put all that attention on Chris Godwin, make him not beat you, and then guys like Scotty Miller, guys like Justin Watson, Jaden Mickens, have guys like those beat you. And I don't know if that's the case for this team. I don't know if they can. Now, obviously, they're going to tell you, well, they got Rob Gronkowski, they got O.J. Howard, they got Cameron Brape. Now, I don't know how you can get three tight ends really kind of going into a good rotation. We'll see what Bruce Arians can do there. But without Mike Evans, I do see the Saints having some success here against the Bucks. And with the Bucks, with their secondary, it's just, to me, not good. I mean, you, you can make an opinion that they are very good, and you can make an argument that they're really good. But to me, I don't know who's going to be guarding Michael Thomas. Now, obviously, they're going to double him. So you're going to obviously have to double him unless you're going one-on-one with him and Carlton Davis or one-on-one with Michael Thomas and Sean Murphy bunting. I don't see that happening. So that means they're going to have to double Thomas, and that means you're going to get a ton of one-on-one opportunities for Jared Cook, Emmanuel Sanders, Alvin Kamara, and I don't know how they're going to juggle all this. Now, again, I don't even think if they... Double, and you can't double, obviously, Michael Thomas 100% of the time. Even if, if it's for the majority, he's going to get his looks. He's the best receiver in football. So I just don't see where the Bucks having the personnel in the secondary to beat the Saints. And it's something that I really want the Saints to do. And I, I think what is going to be the key to this Saints win here is if they can just run the ball. Now, they have a really good front, the Buccaneers. And if you could just run the ball just a little bit, just get a little in the rhythm with the run, you can open it up with the pass and you're basically unbeatable. Because this secondary is a huge hole for the Buccaneers. So I think if the Saints come up in here and they really put a nice game plan in place, they can really kind of use their great skill position group to torch their secondary. But that's definitely something where I think whoever plays better out of the secondary and skill position group, I think on both teams, will win this game. Like if the Bucs secondary shows out and has a really good game, then they're probably going to win. And if the Saints really hold on that secondary... They kind of walk the walk after everyone's been talking about them, and Michael Thomas goes off, Manuel Sanders has a good debut, the Saints are going to win this game. So I think that's definitely a point we have to talk about. And then finally, this third matchup is going to be Saints offensive line versus Bucks defensive line. And I think this is really interesting because the Bucks, look, they got a good defensive line. Dominican Sue, Vita Vey, William Goldson, JPP, assuming he plays, and then also Shaquille Barrett. Like, that is a solid group, and that is a very top-to-bottom, very good group there. And that's something that is really one of their strengths. And I think that with the Saints offensive line, that's obviously one of the Saints' strengths. You know, I'm not going to go down the list. We all know their starters. And I do think that the Saints have a great offensive line. 
But I think if the Saints, especially if they can't kind of get into that uh, run rhythm and they have to pass a lot, it's going to be pu- it's going to be putting a lot of pressure on this Saints offensive line to hold up because if the Bucks can pin back and kind of just go after Breeze 100% of the time, you're definitely going to see some issues with them. So if the really if we get into that game where it's like pass 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 pass, the Saints offensive line has to hold and that is really a huge matchup to watch out for and even if the Saints could run the ball a little bit, if the Saints can't muster up a a passing game here, it's because of the pressure, that's something that could really help the Bucks secondary. So that is a huge matchup. Definitely looking out for that. Now, the Saints will be without Cesar Ruiz, it looks like. So that's going to be definitely interesting to see all that plays out. But I think even without Ruiz and um, Nick Easton coming in for him, I don't see it being a big issue. And I, I honestly, I think the Saints could win this matchup. I think the Saints could win all three of these matchups. And honestly, I, I think that if you had to, my opinion on which way to tilt, I give it to the Saints. But I think really whoever wins these three matchups, I think will win the game. And that's something that I'm definitely thinking there. So before we get into our group-by-group preview and my score prediction for week one, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Houdat Discussion. And now we're going to get into our group-by-group preview here. And then after that, we're going to get our final score prediction for this Saints-Bucks game. So how this group-by-group preview works, we basically go through the seven groups of the Saints and the Bucks and basically pick who's better. And that's how we're going to do it. We do quarterback, skill position, O-line, D-line, linebacker, secondary, and special teams and coaching. So starting off here with the quarterbacks, Breeze, Brady, I'll go Breeze. And honestly, at this point, I feel like Breeze is the better quarterback. He was the better quarterback last year. And really, Brady, I think, has gotten worse over the last few seasons. Breeze has really stayed the same and really has been a top-five QB. I don't think Brady's at that level anymore. And that's something that I think, really, you could definitely argue about. And, like, Brady can definitely go out and have a big game against the Saints, then have a big season. But I just don't see it. Last season for him was just, just, it was bad. I mean, there's no other words you can say. We talked about the stats earlier. And I don't expect anything really that much better. I'm expecting around the same for him. And that's really the case for him. I mean, usually, especially in an offseason like this, he's going to a new team after 20 years. And then, obviously, you have a new coach, new wide receivers. You have new running backs. Like, everything's new. And with Breeze, it's really the same everything. I mean, obviously, you have the same coach. And then, obviously, you have really basically the same weapons because the only new one is Emmanuel Sanders, and that's obviously a big upgrade over what they had last year. So to me, I'm taking Breeze here basically on continuity, and he's really worked on getting his game to the next level and really elevating it. And I think Brady, especially with going with a new team and basically all this coming at him so quickly, obviously he's a very great mind and great football mind, but even with the greats, I mean, and also his physical skills um, diminishing, Again, I just don't see him really taking that next step. I think he was just trying to, like, get to the same point he was last year with the Patriots. So that's just really what I'm thinking there. And, again, the last few games of the season for Brady, he looked like a shell of his old self. It looks like he was done. I mean, that's what it looked like. With Breeze, didn't look that way. It looks like he was just getting started, in my opinion. So that's really the case with these QBs. I mean, this may be the last dance for both these QBs. And if it is, I think Breeze has a better chance to be successful, not only in this game, but for the whole season. So I'll take Breeze there. 
Moving over to the skill position players, and this is very, very interesting, as it seems like Mike Evans won't play, and here, here's the case with me. If Mike Evans plays, I think it's a push. I, I think that, look, the Saints have Alan Kamara, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, Jared Cook, Josh Hill, Adam Troutman, then you had Deontay Harris, Latavius Murray, like that is a stacked group. And when you look at the Bucks with Mike Evans, they're kind of a stacked group too. You have Mike Evans, obviously, then you would have Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard, Cameron Great, LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. Like that is a very, very good group. You take out the best receiver in that group, and then I think the Saints have the upper edge. If Evans plays, I think it's a push. I think that it's really like tit for tat. I think the Saints have the better running backs. I think that the Bucks have the better receivers, probably by a, a smaller margin. And I think the tight ends, again, I think it's really close. I don't think Rob Gronkowski at this point is better than Jared Cook. OJ Howard is better than Josh Hill. And then Cameron Bray and Adam Troutman. We don't know what we're getting out of Adam Troutman. I'd probably give Bray the slight edge. But I think it's really around equal, especially I think Alvin Kamara is really a top five running back. And we have not seen that from any of the Bucks running backs, even with the new one with Leonard Fournette. So that's just really the case with these guys. But without Mike Evans, now your number one receiver is Chris Godwin. And really after that, you don't have much. Scotty Miller, Justin Watson, Jaden Mickens, like kind of no-namers at this point. So I think that right now with Evans, it would be a push. Without Evans, I think the Saints have a clear edge because I think the Saints would be better at running back and receiver and it'd be really close with tight end. So that's just really what I'm thinking there. Moving over to the offensive linemen here. And again, I think that both these offensive line groups are very, very strong. I think that the Saints coming in here, even without Cesar Ruiz, is a top five group. Taron Armstead, Andrews P, Eric McCoy, Nick Easton, Ryan Ramchek. If Ruiz plays, it would be Ruiz at right guard, it seems, for the Saints. Flipping it over to the Bucks, they also have a very strong offensive line in place with Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet. Ryan Jansen, Alex Kappa, and then Tristan Wirfs, Wirfs being a rookie, picked in the first round for the Bucks. And I do think that this is a very solid group. I think that they're probably around 10. I think maybe they barely make it into the top 10. But I do think that the Saints have the edge. I think the Saints are an elite group. And then the Buccaneers are a very good group, or uh, at least a good group. I think they're even above the above average category. So again, I think this offensive line is very good, and the Saints are definitely going to have their hands full trying to rush Tom Brady, and especially with Brady probably trying to get the ball out quick and stuff like that. Maybe a, a little easier for the offensive line to kind of hold the Saints defense. But I think right now, I think I'll take the, the Saints here. I think they're an elite group, but the Bucks still very, very solid group there. Flipping it over to the defense and starting off with the defensive line. And I'm going to go with the Bucks here. I'm just going to start it off with that especially without Marcus Davenport. If Davenport plays, I'd probably say it's a push because I'm really high on Davenport, but I don't think Davenport will play, so I'm going to give it to the Bucks here. And I'm also going to add Jason Pierre-Paul and then also Shaquille Barrett as part of their defensive line as they are edge rushers, even though they play outside linebacker. But really, they do similar things to a defensive end. So that's really the case there. And at this point, I think that this... Defensive line for the Bucks are just completely stacked. You have Ndamukong Su, Vita Vey, William Goldson, JPP, Shaquille Barrett. Just a really, really solid group. And honestly, when looking at the Saints, I do think Cameron Jordan is the best defensive lineman out of both teams. But I do not think 
that overall the Saints are better. Because you want to look at the Saints, they obviously have Cameron Jordan, but then after that, you do see a kind of drop-off for the defensive ends because then you would have Trey Hendrickson, Carl Granerson, and then after him, it would be a guy like Malcolm Roach who can who plays primarily defensive tackle but then could also flip outside to play defensive end as well. The Saints do have a very, very strong interior. They have Sheldon Rankins, Malcolm Brown, David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, and now also Malcolm Roach who primarily plays the three-tech defensive tackle position. So I do think that they have a very, very strong interior, and that's definitely up to par with the Bucks. But I think on the outside, opposite Cameron Jordan, it's just not up to snuff with what the Bucks have, so I'm going to take the Bucks there. Now, maybe Trey Hendrickson's going to come up here in a contract year and completely explode and have a big year. I just don't see it right now. Maybe he has a big game. But as of now, as of like Thursday night going into Friday, I'll take the Bucks there. Moving over to the linebackers. And look, between Demario Davis and Levante David, those guys are amazing linebackers and really are the heart and soul of both teams' defenses, or at least part of the heart and soul of both of these defenses here. And again, outside of Levante David, you see Devin White, who was the 2018 first-round pick for the Bucks, but he didn't have a good year last year. And then for the Saints, outside of Demario Davis, you have Alex Anzalone, who, again, when he plays, he's great, has been injured over kind of on and off over the, over his career. And last year, he was hurt the whole year, basically. He only played one, one and a half games he played. So, again, that's not something that you can be like 100% like sure on Anzalone. But when he's played, he's been very, very good. So you're hoping he can return to that 2018 level that he was at. And then really, after him, the Saints don't have Kiko Alonso because he's on the pup list. So that means it's going to be Zach Bond, Caden Ellis here. And those guys, again, I think could really be nice pieces for the Saints, especially when you, if you put Zach Bond kind of as a joker role between a linebacker and then also as a defensive end. So maybe he gives depth on defensive end for the Saints. But I think right now, I mean, again, I think it's a push. I think really you have on both sides a great linebacker with Mario Davis and Le- uh, Levante David. And then outside of that, there is a lot of question marks. I, I do think that you have Alex Anzalone, who, when healthy, isn't a question mark, but I'm just not 100% sold on him yet. And Devin White, again, he's a player that has a ton of talent, just didn't show it year one. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it all works out there, but I'm going to give it a push as I think like both, both groups are really headed with a great linebacker. Then after that, it's a little questionable. I think if I really had to break a tie, I'd go with the Saints, but I'm going to stick with the push. So that's really what I think for the linebackers. And then moving over to our final group of the defense with our secondaries. And I think the Saints, above and beyond, have the better secondary here. I think this may be the difference maker that wins the Saints the game. Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams, C.D. Deuce, P.J. Williams, Patrick Robinson. It really just is a much better group in terms of star power and depth and role players than what the Bucs are putting out there. The Bucs really don't have an established number one corner. And they don't have a lot of depth as well. So when looking at their lineup, I think it's a really big hole of this team. And look, Sean Murphy Bunting, Carlton Davis, Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield Jr. To me, it just isn't going to cut it. Mike Edwards, Andrew Adams. I think that that group is like far below the Saints. And I, I do think the Saints could have a top 10 secondary this year. And I think that the Bucks, it's more of a bottom 10 one. And, and that's just what I think. 
And I think a lot of people agree with me that this is really a just huge hole on this team. And I don't know if they're going to be able to overcome it here. And I do think that the Saints will be able to pick apart this secondary. I think really the secondary hasn't got better the last few years. And that's why the Saints really have been able to pick apart this defense over their last few matchups. 30 points or more they have scored all in 2019. And then you run it back to 2018. They scored 28 points or more. And you have to go all the way back to 2017 to find the time where the Saints scored less than 28 points to the Bucs. That was only 24 points. So the Saints obviously have had a lot of success against this Buccaneers defense. And I think a big reason why is because this Buccaneers secondary has been a huge hole and the Saints have been able to basically expose it every single time. And I don't think that that changes here in this matchup. So I'll take the Saints secondary over the Bucs here. And then finally, moving over to our special teams here, starting off with the Bucks. Their kicker is Ryan Suckup. Their punter is Bradley Pinion. And then moving over to their kick return punt returner is Jaden Mickens. For the Saints, as we all know, Thomas Morstead and then also Will Lutz. The Saints obviously, as we all know, came into the 2020 season 53-man roster with two punters, but they did place Blake Gillikin on injured reserves. Now the Saints are back to only one punter in Thomas Morstead. Saints kicker, as we all know, as I just said, Will Lutz. And then kick returner, punt returner is Deontay Harris. We all know the Saints' great ability to cover punts. Probably the best in the league at that. I think the Saints really have like a top two, top three special teams group in all of the NFL. And that's why I'm going to take the Saints in the special teams group here. And then moving off the field with coaching, I'll take the Saints as well. As I do think that Sean Payton, Dennis Allen, and then Pete Carmichael, really that whole group is really superior to what Bruce Arians doing. Bruce Arians is a great coach, and I do think that he's a guy that is one of the top 10 coaches in the NFL, and I do think that really when looking at least on paper, it should really fit with this Bucks team, but I do think what Sean Payton's putting out, what they're doing is just, to me, above and beyond what the Bucks are doing right now. I think the Saints are a class above the Bucks right now, and really, I do think that the Saints are going to win this game. So my score prediction here. The Saints will win 35-27 here as they knock off the Bucks in this one. I think Breeze has a big game. I think the Saints offense has a big game. And I think the defense will do just enough to get this victory. And honestly, I do think the Saints will start off on the right note here. And they're kind of going to continue to shake off that notion and that narrative that they can't come up and play a good game in week one. But... I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms. So that means on Twitter, you can follow the Houdat Discussion at the Houdat Dis. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Andrew Galata. And then on Instagram, you can follow the podcast at Houdat Discussion. Also, you can listen to the Houdat Discussion wherever you get all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, on all those sites, we are there. Again, Saints Bucks Week 1 cannot wait for 4 o'clock on Sunday. The Fox game of the week, we all love that. And hope you guys enjoyed this preview. I'll be speaking to you guys next on the recap of Week 1. Hopefully it will be a happy recap and the Saints start off this 2020 campaign on the right foot but 
That's all I have for you guys in this episode. So I just want to say thank you guys for listening, run it back, and who dat?